Hello and welcome to another episode of Off the Field podcast with me, Roshan Kapoor and Vishan Jain. How are you, brother? I'm fine. I'm fine, bro. Uh, I mean, second episode and already missed a week, but still we move. <laughs> we move. Uh, so this week we will be talking about the previous four results of each of our teams, that is Chelsea and Barca. And a few questions and a few things I wanted to ask Ishan about Barcelona related, obviously. And we would predict the upcoming Premier League fixtures and uh, Champions League. And even if I'm not wrong, uh, this week Bayern versus Dortmund is also there, right? Yes, yes. Der Klassiker is also there. Yes, Der Klassiker is also there. So at the end of the show, we will predict them. But coming. First of all, to Chelsea, previous four results, we played Sevilla in Champions League at home, which was a nil-nil draw. And apparently people uh, thought that game was boring for some reason. I mean, I can understand people who don't watch Chelsea would see that game as boring. But me personally, I did not see that game as boring and a fair result, according to me. Then we went to Old Trafford. We played Manu, and it was again a nil-nil. Uh, in that match, I will say Chelsea were not the better team, to be really honest. But we showed a side of us where, which we had not shown for the past year. That is to grind out a result, even if you don't deserve it. So that was a really big positive from my side. Plus, we finally saw a goalkeeper who could make saves for once in a year. And I think that was the biggest thing with the both of the results that that the defensive performance was really really solid. If you were talking exactly. about exactly, and uh, and coming to the point, I'll say my point after I announce the results about not scoring goals. You. Continue what, yeah. what you were saying. So I was just saying that Sevilla people don't rate Sevilla that much. I don't know why. They are the European champions, you know, like the Europa League champions. They are one of the top three, if not top four clubs in Spain right now. They are really, really solid. And to get a nil-nil result there to maintain a clean sheet with Chelsea, they are they were leaking goals, to be honest, before that. So that is a major positive for Frank Lampard. That finally he has a defense he can trust and who are performing good. And same with uh, with Manchester United. But obviously we should have won. We like a draw isn't the worst going at Old Trafford, going away on the road. It's not the worst. One point is quite good. But with the team we have and with the performances that United have been had been showing during that time, we should have got three points. I like. I was a bit disappointed. I mean, I can see your point, but the way Frank Lampard uh, set up his team, the first thought I had was either he is um, playing safe, he was playing very safe, to be really honest, and 
his main aim in that game was just to not concede according to me the way we played it was on the break but still a clean sheet is a clean sheet it is a rare commodity for chelsea fans to appreciate these yeah. days and like we will mention you yeah we will discuss more chelsea results and just by by the looks of all those results i would just like to say something which i will come back to first you can finish your Uh, after the Manchester United game, uh, we played. We went to Russia. We played Krasnodar. If I'm not wrong, yeah, ah, Krasnodar. Krasnodar. Uh, Zayat scored his first goal on his first start for Chelsea, which was a really great thing for us. Uh, good result. Sometimes a bit shaky, but in the end, we got a result. Another clean sheet, just to remind people. then we went to burnley and i i'll be really honest i had my doubts because we traveled to russia then we came back and went to burnley so i thought maybe we would be like fatigued or uh, uh, jet lagged or something but in the end it turns out it turned out to be if not one if not the best one of the best performances under frank lampard in his entire tenure i say that's true but yeah. it, it started it it took a while to start you know it took like a nice like 8 to 10 minutes but after that it was all chelsea it was a chelsea domination like it was it, it 79 was 21 79% possession with chelsea in the first half that clearly shows something it 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 was a proper domination and we controlled the whole game and that that was something which I saw for the first time in Frank Lampard's tenure because we would control patches of game, but not the whole game. And one thing I would like to point out, uh, even you know this, when we started the season, we were scoring goals freely, and we were conceding goals freely. That too. And at that time, people were criticizing us for not uh, for having a leaky defense, which to be fair to them they were right to criticize us but after having these four results people are people are saying like chelsea is playing defensive and after the two nil nil draws this some people i even know they started doubting that chelsea is not creating chances matlab tum pehle chahte ho ki hum goal bhi mare lekin concede na kare ab concede nahi bhi kar rahe उसके बाद भी देखता I won't completely agree, nor I will disagree with that. But yes, Frank Lampard is one who has been undermined quite a lot, and the way he has kind of managed his defense is really good. All he needed was one keeper, and like th- people, people underestimated Thiago Silva a lot. That he is thirty-six year old. What the hell will he even do? Why is he even coming here? Is just coming to chill in London and whatnot. He is the he is the rock in the defense, and because of his presence, Zuma is. I guess one of the best defenders in the league, if I'm not wrong, right now. 
I mean, goal scoring wise, yes, he's the top scorer of Chelsea yes. with Werner. If I'm not wrong, I'm not sure. I mean, just that. to get it into context, Zuma has scored more goals than Aubameyang. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Let, let's just keep not it out into that yet. So, but yeah, but, but still, the, right what now. I was gonna say is the issue with yeah, we had an issue with the front. We solved that by buying players. Then we had an issue with our defense. We solved that by buying the likes of Chilwell, Thiago Silva, experience, Mendy. Now the thing is that we really lacked that engagement, that gellingness in the defense. Because I don't think so. Angolo Conte and Jorginho, they were they were not good together as a as a midfield duo with Chelsea's setup. I never thought that. You also know I don't rate Jorginho that high. I always prefer Kovacic over him. Because I, I've seen this season also, I've seen Kovacic come off the bench like twice and he has made an instant impact in the flow of the game in like the intensity and everything. But obviously, when a fresh player comes in, that shows. But Kovacic, the thing is that Lampard played Mount and Havertz as like a number 8 transitioning into a number 10 role and Conte was just the holding defensive midfielder sweeping everything. That worked really well. But Havertz was still, I guess... On the down low amongst all the other attackers, but that's I guess that's just one thing that we need to work on, which I don't think so will be that clearly shown because we have so many so many players who have such a great attacking quality. Some players might get overshadowed or or have a low key game like Howard did, but he still had a major impact. See, the thing is, uh, the fact that if I'm not wrong against Krasnodar only. He started playing Mount as the center mid, and that uh, that uh, change can change the season for Mount because we all know Mount by default plays as a number ten, as a playmaker basically. But the thing is, if you can play him a bit deep with Angolo Conte, even so, that gives him the uh, freedom to. Attack and not only defend. Plus, his work rate is a real asset for Chelsea. That's true. And I think if he's playing in this this formation, I, I genuinely prefer this over Conte and Jorginho. And I think if he's playing in this role, he's truly kind of, kind of molding into that Frank Lampard role. Because Frank Lampard, to be honest, was someone like this who played at times a bit deep, then even attacked and made passes and scored goals as well. So he's very young, but I think he can. This position can add a bit of dynamic dynamicness to his game. That is true. But I think the four-three-three we played against Burnley, we cannot play that against every team because against Burnley, we had all the position we needed. So if if we say went to City or if we say went to Liverpool, who have position. I really don't think we can play 4-3-3 against those teams. But we can transition into a 4-3-3. That is one option we have. Yeah, that's so, true. This, is, this was a really like a highly attacking option, uh, attacking formation from Frank Lampard. But he had to do that. Because if Burnley controls the game, they have such tall and like stocky centre-forwards, they will just completely dominate you. So he played his wild card and 
kind of controlled the game and this kind of formation and this kind of tactics again they are very underrated when manchester united went to leipzig and they won and like they won against psg and everything everyone's like ole's masterclass ole's genius in this and that but when lampard does this some, something like this but obviously it was against the last like 20th position burnley but still you have been accusing lampard of not gelling their players together and not kind of agreeing with the formation and everything but you have to yeah, try I mean, different things right i mean uh, not talking about ole right now ole some he see that's the thing with ole he's he can when his job is on the risk he will get two three results when everything cools down everything is back to square one he plays shit he he i don't know how he can make that manchester united team look bad with players of those caliber first of all but out of the blue he turns up and makes his player look bad i don't know how but he does it and uh, that's true and like we can talk in bit of a brief about manchester united and ole a bit later on when we discuss the results of the premier league but mm-hmm. yeah that's true i agree with that fact that he is kind the of the thing like a, the thing i wanted to uh, say is uh, instead of ole people should talk about uh, say arteta you see okay fine he got a result against manchester united a mediocre manchester united performance but arsenal played very well that game and they were deserving to win but the thing is but the thing is arteta never gets the criticism that lampard does and the reason for that is just because he was an assistant manager for guardiola there there is no other reason uh, whenever arsenal lose or arsenal don't play well it's just like it it is a building process trust the process their own like, fans I, like their own fans are doubting him and like some of them are doubting him some of them are like no we trust the process and everything but as soon as he gets that one result they're all like arteta he is our manager our manager and everything and you know who i'm referring, referencing to but yeah i know but that <laughs> that thing is the proof of how fragile the arsenal fan community is a couple of bad results they will turn against their manager but a few good results and like art art attacks like sir alex ferguson for them exactly and like That's they the don't art art attack should be criticized he plays 343 the 343 which conte played was attacking the the 343 art attack plays is very defensive and boring it is more like a five like a five at the back not a three at the back exactly exactly my point and the thing with arsenal is also like we can continue with the results and then we can get into arsenal a bit more so after the krasnodar match was the what match was it for chelsea burnley burnley right yeah so that was the last match we played chelsea. that was the last chelsea, match yeah so we can discuss the more major Premier League matches that happened in the past two weeks, and they were mainly of Arsenal. So, 
the day we played Manchester United, the game week we played Manchester United and Chelsea, Arsenal lost to Leicester City. Arsenal lost to a Leicester City who by like by the Arsenal fans, they were like they were playing Leicester were playing extremely defensive. They were just sitting behind the ball all game. But that was their tactic. That has been their tactic for a lot of matches. And they they do it successfully. It does not feel like they are somewhere out of the water and it is something very jittery for them. It it was pretty natural by them. And when they got their chances, they were taking it. And when Jamie Vardy came in, he made the impact. That was Brendan Rodgers' plan. It wasn't like a lucky goal or like a lucky win. Exactly my point is, Arsenal lacked the creativity or the finishing touch in their team. Because against Leicester City also, they had like 11 shots in the first half, if I'm not wrong. That And that was like a, a more, more shots than they have had in a couple of games combined. So that only speaks volumes about Arsenal's creative side of the game. Like the creativity is not there. It is very much not there. And to some extent, their defensive problems are a bit to rest. But because it is because they are playing so defensively, they have five people, they have five players defending the ball, then obviously you won't concede goals. If you're not even creating and you're still conceding goals, then it is completely over. So at least they are not conceding that many goals. They are defending somewhat well. But I, I just want to raise a point about Arsenal is that I don't think so. They still have like a confirmed fixed playing 11-12 players. Like their front three changes almost every game. Abamyang is at times playing on the left wing. At times he's playing on the right wing. Like against Leicester, he started on the right wing. Against like a small, I can't remember. He started from the middle. Neither is Abamyang confirmed. At times, Saka is playing on the left wing back. At times, he's playing on the right wing back. At times, he's playing on the left wing. Enketias is starting. Pepe is on the bench. Villian is starting some random games. Like, it is a complete shambles according to me. And if Lacazette is not playing well, drop him. Just play Pepe up front. I don't even know what is happening with Pepe over there. Like, but can Pepe play up front? I really don't think so. He. Can. But if you if if you're trying like 500 different things, why not give this a try? And I think they tried it. They tried it against some like in their Europa League match. Let me just pull that up. Uh, the match where they went in went to Ireland against them, Dundalk. Dundalk. Yeah, so Pepe started in like a front three kind of diamond kind of thing, front diamond. So it was like mm-hmm. a cam transitioning into a striker. So if you give, and he played really well in that game. I'm just saying that Pepe should get more chances. You cannot just play him in one game and then drop him in like two or two games and then expect him to do well in the fourth game. See, that's the thing because Arsenal fans, when uh, you also know this. We had a discussion about it. When Chelsea bought Havertz, and in the and in starting few games, he did not play well. He was not up to match fitness. He was not gelled with his teammates. People were like, 72 million pounds down the drain. He's not playing well. He should play well. I mean, 72 million pounds for Pepe also. He's been there for more than a year. He still cannot get any your team. 
exactly. You know, Pepe has not even started three consecutive games for Arsenal in in two years. That's exactly my point. Like, and it, it's not like they have so many options what to do, and like they're playing the likes of Enketia and Saka, and like Chelsea reject old Willian over Pepe, and for no reason. It's not like he's injured or he's not match fit or anything. That's just baffling to me. See, but... I mean, Eddie, Eddie Ketia, uh is is fine. I I am fine with him playing at striker because Arsenal don't have strikers at all except uh, Lacazette. Yeah. And uh, Saka is, is, trust me, up till now Saka has been the best player for Arsenal. Yeah, I, I, really like Saka. I really like Saka. Creative source in Arsenal. Yeah. But uh, moving on to Barcelona, I'll say. Yeah, uh, your four last four results have not been too bad. I'll say. I mean, I mean the results have before. been bad. No, no, the results have been bad. The performances have been one of the best performances I've ever seen in the past two or so years. No, no, I'll say the Champions League results have been amazing. Yeah, Champions League have been absolutely amazing. Because yeah. I, I. The match against Juventus, I saw. Oh, bro, that's uh, like I can't like I don't know where to start and where to end because I have so much praise for that match. It was one of the best matches I've ever seen Barca play, and I mean and ever. In by watching that match, I was really impressed with one player. That was uh, Musa Dembele. He played so well in that game. I mean, I saw only one half of the game. And in the first half, he he played very well, and it just shows you the amount of talent he has. But injuries are restricting so much of a yeah, player of his. Yeah, I would just like to correct. It's it's not Musa Dembele. It's Osman Dembele. Musa Dembele brought me over. Oh, 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 my God, my. I have. I don't. Have I, 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 I also get confused a lot. But yeah, because there are so. Musa Dembele is also a striker. Chelsea were linked with it. Yeah, Leon wala. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. So, so yeah. I Dembele just... was my favorite player with that game. And Morata, it was good to see Morata score offside goals again. Um, <laughs> yeah, so briefly, I will just you know me. go through the first Champions League game. It was against Ferenc Kavros. And like Yaroshan is predicted right because right. he predicted it right. Okay, we have discussed that. We can move on safely. Yeah. So, that was a... That was a good, really good performance. Yeah, but it was kind of expected. It was expected. We were expected to win that game, but I never expected. I I told you even that either it is going to be like a massively scoring 5-6 goal match and it will boost our confidence or it will be like a 1-1 draw or like a really grindy 2-1 win. So, yeah, it was the first one. It was a nice performance, yes. And... On the back of that performance and on the back of Real Madrid losing or like, yeah, losing to Shakhtar, they were due to play Barcelona in the El Clasico at the Camp Nou. And yeah, I, clearly I was really, really, really frustrated with that match because Barca was actually playing really good. It was like an end-to-end match but Barca never looked like whenever Real Madrid attacks, they are going to concede. It's all a big mess. No. They had control but they had 
very much the attacking control as well. They were attacking really good. And first of all, I would just like to talk about that man bun bitch Sergio Ramos. Like that guy, he is like I don't know. I just yeah, he really triggers me. But the thing is, he didn't do anything the entire game. But up 17-year-old Ansu Fati was running riots past him. The goal he scored, Ramos could just only watch him play. Bro, he was so good. And Ramos was just like, I am old now. I will, I will just take my seat. I will just take my pension and I will just leave. And then he goes ahead and wins this penalty, which is, I don't even have words for that. Like, it wasn't a penalty, that's clear. But the way it was given was, Longley and Ramos were, like, Ramos was up for a corner, as he does, obviously, because he's not a, he's not a centre-back. Yeah, so he was up for the corner. And Longley was just marking him, was covering him. Both had hands on each other's shirts. And it was, like, normal. It wasn't like Ramos is running and he's pulling his shirt down or anything. They both were like just there. And referee didn't see anything very, very, very aggressive. Then Ramos jumps for the ball. He jumps too forward. like the, Or you can say the ball was too behind him. So he dives backwards and then pretends like Longley pushed him or like pulled his shirt. So Longley was just standing there. Ramos jumps and dives backwards and falls flat on the ground and appeals for a penalty. Referee goes ahead and checks the VAR footage. Wherein, Longley was pulling his shirt, not even like pulling, he was just grabbing onto his shirt and then he left it when Ramos jumped and then Ramos fell and apparently this is a penalty. And yeah, they got the penalty, Ramos scored, so now Ramos is a hero because he scored a penalty. Wow, yeah, we can, can we have some claps for that? So, that incident was kind of like a political agenda which La Liga actually has. And this is not some rant by Barca fans or the club is crying or anything. Because some of my friends were like, look at Barca so doing such petty things, crying on Twitter and everything. No. We are actually investigating this. Because we have been getting shafted by VAR and the officials in La Liga because they actually have some political agenda against us. Because the, the officials, the board of La Liga are openly and clearly Real Madrid fans. They have openly admitted that. So in a game like this, where you have visual like visual evidence that this is like this is the furthest away from a foul you can get, and you're still getting it. So Barca actually got the voice recording of that conversation of VAR, and in that voice recording, according to Barca. It is actually that the VR official is saying to the referee on field that it is actually a foul by Ramos on Longley. The referee completely ignores it and gives the penalty. And there is still no further evidence on it because they have a political agenda against Barca. And this is actual statements by Barcelona, which have been like investigated upon. So at this point, the match is done. Because obviously, when you're conceding penalties like this and everything, these matches are based on such small decisions. We were dominating enough that we could have easily gotten like one goal and we could have went 2-1 up and controlled the game from that there. But they got a penalty in that kind of manner. And after that, it was just Barca trying to attack and they're just sitting back and at the end, 
model just gets a lucky goal, which is to be fair, that does not matter. Yeah. So that was really, really just the way. And we played really good in that game. Like I was expecting a 90 to 10 chance of us winning. Like 90% they would win and 10% we would win. And that was only because they lost two games in a row. And to play like that, I was really happy. And it was just a bizarre disappointment. See, the thing is with Real Madrid, according to me, if Ramos is there, they have a chance of winning a game. I saw the game against Shakhtar. They did not have Ramos. And I thought personally that Veran was a decent... I really thought he, he is a good defender. But when I saw that game, my perspective was changed forever. Because he can he is nowhere near a good defender. He he is uh, one of those defenders who needs a defender to defend well, as in who needs someone to organize the defense. He cannot organize the defense by himself. Yeah, so that clearly changed my perspective about uh, Rafael Varan. And Eder Militao also I thought would be good, but he did not play well. Marcelo, again, shambles. See, the thing is, what you can look forward to, Ramos is how old now? He's like what, 35? 33, 34, 34. Like he's in his like mid-30s. 34. I mean, being a Barca fan, all you would see of Ramos is like what? He's a year or two yeah. at max. But like defenders can play longer, nah? And like he will stay no, there because he will have an impact. Because to be fair, right now he does not have the legs to like absolutely run everywhere and clear every ball. He just stands there and tries to tackle and intercept whatever comes there. And then he will go up front and score one header and he will be the hero of the game. So that's what he does. That's what he's living on for the past two years. And he's on penalties now also. Like Benzema can just sit and like suck his thumb or whatever. I mean, Mr. Controversy after all. Huh, that was really funny. That was really funny. Benzema saying to Mendy that don't pass to Vinicius. He is playing against us. Wow. Ben, I, I, I really don't understand the matter with Benzema. I mean, uh, fine, I get it. You say stuff. And I'm, I think it is pretty common. Just because these days everything is mic'd up, you can hear everything. Yeah, yeah this is like, I am not reading much into it. Yeah, it is very, very yeah, common. This People is, say this is just a normal thing. We school, we play Exactly. And we saw Loris and Son had a fight last season. That was nothing. That, yeah, that, like I mean, like people on camera would feel that, oh my God, this is such a huge news. Locker room is destroyed now. Every morale is gone and everything. No, it is like every. It happens every game, and like we don't see locker room yeah. mic'd up. Like we have footage of locker room, but we don't have such up close mics and everything nowadays. But we are seeing it now, so it is it is interesting. That is fine. But one thing I wanted to ask you is, Barcelona in Champions League have been really good. I mean, yeah. they've only played two games, but they have been really good in those two games. And credit to them. But in in your league, in La Liga, you have 
not won a game since four games now. If I'm not wrong. The the thing is that yes, we haven't won, but we haven't had the easiest of starts for one. Like Atletico Madrid has had a really easy start. Like they have had like the easiest of games. The first seven games were really easy for them. We have played Sevilla. We have played Real Madrid, and we have only played uh, how many games? We have played like six games right now, and we have lost one game which we shouldn't have lost, and one game like Alaves we 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 shouldn't have drawn. So to be fair, no. But to... going back to the last four games of your league, they were against Alaves, Real Madrid, and Hitafe. So we Hitafe lost against and... Hitafe, and then before that it was Sevilla. So we drew against Sevilla, which is a so, very I mean... very good achievement for us. I mean, huh? I mean, I get that. After playing Sevilla, I know yeah. it is a nice result. And people, people forget that Barca is not the Barca from 2015 right now. They are at a point that's, where that's the thing. A mid-table team. People will never take you for a team that is going under transition. They will not. They haven't taken Chelsea for a team that went under I transition. I, I, I don't think so any, any team takes their team, accepts uh, their team to be going through a transition because neither as Manchester United no, no, no. fans especially, nor as Arsenal fans. Especially, especially rival fans will, yeah. will not care for the fact that you are going under transition. That's, right, That's right. the thing. That's the thing. So, I mean, Dick, the thing I wanted to say is uh, the transition period of Barcelona will last for for not one year but it will last for two years which is me. pretty all right considering what manchester united and arsenal have been going through and what not so to ah, that is true because a couple of years of transition is pretty all right and i don't mind that it is kind of a change also like we're seeing new faces new players messi is gone and like new board is coming in young people are performing again finally so, i mean being a barca fan you will Know what real football is all about, literally. Exactly. And I think that is a really, I mean, good as well as a bad thing for a fan. But it is what makes football amazing. So coming from a disappointing result and a frustrating result to a very very good result is Juventus versus Barcelona at their home ground in Turin. Like, we've, that was just a really, really good performance, if I'm just going to be honest. We played a strong team. We played Griezmann up front, as everyone wants him to play number 9, because that's what he was lacking, not playing in number 9, because he's a really world-class striker. So, yeah. So, Pedri uh, on the left, Dembele on the right, and Messi. You know, after, after, after watching that first half in Barca and Juventus game, I, I told you that I thought Griezmann uh, uh, lacks that uh, confidence in him. Yeah. But after watching that game, I am definitely confirmed he does that. But then I, I don't even know what, what else should we do to retain his confidence. There is like nothing are, you can do about uh, it. He has, to do it can do about, yeah. he has to do it himself. That is what I'm saying. Because okay. after seeing his body... Uh, I mean, the style he was playing, that was very rejected. Bro, right oh. now at Barcelona, the only two players, and one is not even his fault completely, but the only player I would say, which is not playing good, 
and like not at all up to the mark which we want him to play is Griezmann. Mm-hmm. And the only other player is Sergio Busquets. But I will not blame him because he's old. He cannot play. Busquets the... needs to go. Busquets needs to go, man. No, Busquets but like, yeah, he. But the thing is, I will. I was just coming on to that. I was discussing the formation. So, uh, he Bus Komen uh, plays two center defensive midfielders in De Jong and Busquets. For this match, he dropped Busquets and played Pjanic. Which I was looking forward to. That is and Pjanic was one of the best players on the field that day. And we have successfully replaced Busquets for a short period of time. For like a, like two, two years or so. Until we go through the transition. Which is good. I wasn't completely... Like some people were really angry about we signing Pjanic over Arthur and everything. But I was like, Pjanic is a world-class player. In short term, he's very good. But we need to make some signings and do something about the long term as well, which he will help no, us the, do. The way the deal happened, that was wrong. Buying a player, that was not wrong. But the, the way that deal happened, that was wrong. But we it are getting the logistics of it right now. Now that Barca is completely finished financially, and they needed that. That is the thing. That is only a finance. That thing was only a financial uh, basis deal. Yeah, but we are seeing the. Kind of like the effects of it now. Like we've sold Semedo I mean, and we've sold Arthur. We've bought Sergio Dest, who's just amazing, who is so good, and and like we are potentially buying Depay and Eric Garcia as well. So we're yeah, we're making some good progress in the signings area. So basically, that match was really good, and the man of the match for me, for everyone, was Pedri. Pedri was running the show. Like he is also 17 years old and he was running the show. Bro, he was so, so good. And like Dembele was really good. Dembele was really, really positive. Messi, I, the thing is with Messi now this season, I feel like he has kind of moved into a role of just watching and providing the team. And I'm pretty sure he's going to leave next season if he's like, with his attitude right now, it shows. That I mean, the, he will, he, he even said, I mean, he said this after Bartomeu's resignation or before. I don't really recall that. But he even said that I will not uh, discuss new contract terms with Barcelona. I don't, I don't, I don't remember this. I don't think so. He, he, has, he has said that. He has said that. I'm pretty sure he has said that. Yeah, but that's pretty much expected that. He only, did, he only renewed the contract to respect the club and everything. But I, I don't want to get into all the old, old contract thing because it was completely foolish from the board. But it is gone now and that so is... But, but the thing is, after Bartonu's resignation and uh, looking for the future, maybe Messi might stay? There yeah, I am also not 100% sure that he's going to leave. And like staying or... There is a big chance he will leave. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it is like a 51-49 towards him staying. Because there are a lot of things that he he has his family and friends here. They have their lives here. They have been living there for like 20 years and to uproot everything at this point of his life. It, it is a big decision. And only for like playing two or three years of football more at max. So, yeah. But I would be 
I, I, I won't be surprised if he leaves and I won't be surprised if he stays. It is like a 50-50 decision and anything he does is acceptable at this point. Which it should have been at the, which it should have been at the start of the next season. Yeah. I mean, all all Barca fans can do now is just uh, like respect his decision also. I mean, that's yeah, that's mattered exactly so much for you. That this is the least you can do for him at least. So just coming, and, yeah, just touching on this one topic in Juventus versus Barca game was like Griezmann was really really bad in a very very good performance. And the whole squad played really, really well. And Griezmann was the only one who was still very bad. It wasn't even like, oh, he's having a poor game. He was very bad. He missed like at least five or six absolute sitters. Five or six for a like for a name who is potentially like the top five strikers in the world, according to people right now. We've played 100 million for him. He's like the number one, like, Alongside Mbappe for France and whatnot, and he's just not at that level for Barca. He like I cannot even I can if I think harder I can think of even more chances he missed. I can recall five chances from the top of my head, and it was so bizarre. We we could have lost that game. I was fearing that Barca can draw or lose that game because Griezmann is missing so many chances, and this is the only thing, the only problem with Barca right now, is that. Passing and that tiki taka and that movement and that triangles and short passing is so engraved in their DNA that each and everyone just they are just scared to shoot, not scared to shoot, but their first preference is always to pass in every situation. But there are times when you have to shoot. We've missed like if you see the highlights of that game. Like the extended highlights or something, you will see how many absolutely empty. Like the keeper is coming on, we have the ball, just shoot. We look to pass it across and then we fumble it. That's the kind of things we've messed up like four or five times in those in that game, and that's excluding the Griezmann misses. Keep like just keep that in mind. So we had like ten chances missed. We could have won six nil or seven nil easily in that game. And I'm saying nil because they didn't have any ch- clear-cut chances except the three offsides, which were very, very clear, which should have been ruled out. I mean, they didn't even have a shot on target, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, it was a it was a really, really poor performance by them. But it it was kind of like be- because we dominated them so much, we didn't give him like an inch of space. And then coming lastly to the Alaves game, just completely rushing through it. Uh, first half was a bit poor, was a bit poor because we kind of had to rest a few players and we didn't start, like the players were looking a bit tired and kind of a bit shaky start for us. The first half wasn't good. We conceded a goal which was a mistake by from PK and Neto, it was like a mix-up. PK kind of called for Neto to collect the ball, then, then he instead of just leaving the ball and letting him collect, he passed the ball to him. And that was so fast that Neto couldn't like get hold of his feet. But even then, he had a few like 10 seconds to control the ball. But he was just doing something, I don't know. And then, yeah. So, the guy made a tackle and then scored a goal. So, it was an, like an individual mistake goal. It wasn't like an open play or anything. But still, we weren't playing good in the first half. We made some really positive changes in the second half. We went and kind of doubled up on our attacking and threw everything at it. And 
we were looking very positive that's the main reason in the second half because with barca up till now it wasn't like oh we are playing bad in the first half let's like motivate the players let's make some positive changes and everything and come back stronger in the second half under under valverde and under or like yeah who the hell was our next manager i can't even remember so under everyone yeah certain so under both of them it wasn't like that it was just like yes we will do something we will keep playing we will do something it was just that 1960s mentality that you cannot make a change up till the 65th or 70th minute no this is the modern game and that is why i was so impressed by kimmich and i read somewhere on twitter because i follow like people from barca they were saying after the end of the first half that we need to see some changes in like at the start of the match straight up and if he does not make this change we can say that he is also one of those managers who does not have a positive and like a modern approach to the game and any and especially when you have five changes to make in the in la liga you can make five changes so why not use some changes so he used four three changes and it was a really really positive impact and we were absolutely dominating them but we that's then again the thing that i said we we just we just don't take enough shots we don't we are not clinical enough in the final third we just we can't score goals we just can't score goals and messi had an absolute sh- like a really bad performance in that game but we, which is kind of like which is what we are going to experience every now and then because he is now getting- barcelona is at a stage where you cannot rely on messi barcelona has been relying at messi for n number of years now and that stage is now gone this whole season you will see messi disinterested to play i mean it is not the right thing to say but it is it is something very true and honest i'll say but yeah messi that's true and like the thing is, is for the past interested to play yeah and just the way chelsea had problems last season that if if you remember we can make chances but we cannot finish chances exactly we need to we the need to work on that barca will also have and barca one of them the players to, barca has the players to counter that pro- problem in griezmann and dembele and what not but the thing that is lacking the most is confidence that's true long like, story short yeah, that is what so- i feel I think we 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 might just bring in Depay in the winter transfer window because that was one deal which was literally just ready. We just had to put pen on paper and the time ran out. So we might get Depay in the winter transfer window, and that will. I'm hoping that might help Griezmann because he does not have any challenge to his position right now. The only another number nine is Braithwaite. Like Braithwaite won't challenge you for a position. So Depay will come in, and he is a really really good player. he's dutch he's in his prime he's really good he's the kind of player we actually need so that's a positive and all in all we don't have the results in la liga right now yeah we are lacking a lot of wins we should have had points we should have scored but it is something you should expect yeah exactly i'm not at all fussed about that the thing is we are seeing positive performances for once it is really really positive and like even if he stays here for like this year or maybe next year at max 2 years we will go somewhere from this and if messi leaves next year it will, he will leave the team i hope on a positive note like he has done like the team is finally good now 
is not leaving when the team is down. He, the team will be down still. They, we won't be challenging for the title or anything. But it's all positive. Mm-hmm. So just quickly, because we have been going on for like 50 minutes now, quickly just... Uh, I, I have one suggestion in mind that we are looking at previewing the next week's games, which is mainly Manchester City versus Liverpool and Everton versus Manchester United. So instead of previewing the whole thing, if, if you are interesting, can we do like a City Liverpool mixed eleven, like the best eleven thing? Goal goalkeeper. Who, so what formation we are we are going for? Because City play a different formation. Four three three. Four three three. No, but what formation did City play? So yeah. Considering all players, well, not considering all players are fit, we will no. consider who are fit. Yeah. So, so what? Who goalkeeper? Edison or Allison? Allison. I will also go for Allison. Yeah, Allison. So yeah, that's. I don't think so. We don't debate that much. Right back. Um, right now, like considering not no history, nothing, just right now. Right back, then I'll say Walker. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Walker. Walker. Hmm. Right. Uh, the, yeah, the thing is, right now I will say the same because clearly Robertson is looking like the better wing back from the two. Yeah, true. And true. Trent is just not looking up to his usual okay. right now. Maybe in, later when. I don't think so. He will look as good as he's been for the past two seasons, this whole season, considering that Van Dyke is out. He will have that in the back of his mind that he he cannot just freely go up. He will just say, stay a bit back right now. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's Walker. And centre-backs? I'll say Laporte and... Uh, uh, <laughs> as, as shaky as it sounds, Laporte and... Uh, oh fuck! I want to say I. I want to say Joe Gomez, but I don't trust Joe Gomez. I'll I'll say that Philip there, Laporte and Phillips. <laughs> Seriously, of the back of one Seriously? game. Seriously, I mean, I was. So you don't really rate Diaz or Nathaniel Ake or Joe Gomez at all? Uh, I mean, okay, fine. I'll out of. I mean. Removing Phillips, I'll say okay, okay, but uh, I mean. So I will, I will, yeah, I will go for Laporte and Ruben Diaz because I think you're being a bit harsh on Ruben Diaz. He is a good defender, and he has been performing all right since he's come back. Like he has, he's allowed Kyle Walker and Cancelo to just go up front and do their thing. Like they are that solid presence. I'll, I'll be really yeah. honest. I have not seen Ruben Diaz play. I haven't seen him play that much, but I have seen. Like a I couple have not of even games sometime, but over I will prefer him over Ake definitely. And right now, Joe Gomez is not playing that well. He's not that confident. He's looking a bit shaky. So, especially if Fabinho is out. Yeah. If Fabinho was fit, I would have chucked him in that center back. Really? Right yeah. So yeah. on the left back position, Cancelo or Robert. Robertson or Simikas or Zinchenko. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I think Robertson is... You, you know the situation is bad when a right-back is playing left-back for your team. But, no, nah, but I think Cancelo can play. Like He's kind of that left-back, right-back guy that he can play. But, he, but he is by nature a right-back. Yeah, he is by nature. He is like a right-footed player. But they have... Mendy is injured. And Pep Guardiola just does not... Mendy is the worst buy. 
बेस्ट ही प्लेड थ्री गेम्स वन द प्रीमियर लीग वन द डोमेस्टिक लीग एंड वन द वर्ल्ड कप एंड ही वॉज इन द स्कॉट फॉर ऑल दो मैचेस दैट वॉज दी बेस्ट ही इज प्लेड थ्री गेम्स ऑल सीजन थ्री ट्रॉफीज फॉर दैट सो रॉबर्टसन ऑन द लेफ्ट विंग coming to the three center midfielders center mids i'll say um de bruyne henderson and uh kundogan hmm de bruyne is i guess that's just a common thing that we have mm-hmm. De Bruyne is confirmed. Then I will go for Henderson but, as well. Henderson. Or I can go instead of. Uh, but he plays at the wing. Bernardo Silva. No, no, he plays central as well. Like he played there. Then I'll time. then I'll remove Kundogan and put in Bernardo. Ah, that's fair. But the thing with this is that I really wanted to put Thiago in there. But he's injured. If I'm not wrong. Yes, he is injured. And I cannot put Diego Jota in there as well because he is like an attacker. Diego Jota is injured. हाँ मतलब वो ही कि he cannot play. So uh, I want to put Bernardo Silva, but I just don't get that feeling from him. Gundogan is also really good. Just give me a second. I need to make this. Really, really accurate now. But there's no doubt. I'm not saying that. No, no. Like it's Vinaldum is strong, but he hasn't performed that good this year. Vinaldum is not a first-team player. But like he, he's right now. He is. He will start probably. Who else will start? So okay, I. Ah, uh, uh, you know what? I will say Phil Foden. I will say Foden and De Bruyne up front, and then Henderson in like a holding role. So left wing, Sterling or Mane? That's tricky. I'll say Mane because Sterling. I'll play Sterling at uh, cent- centrally. Because City has no strikers. City has no strikers, and uh, Liverpool has Firmino. But he like is a very fit. Is a very fit. No, he's not fit. Ferran told me he's coming back. So I guess you can do that. You can play Sterling up front. I'll keep Mane on the left, Sterling as striker, and on the right I'll say Salah obviously. Hmm. Uh, like I want to do the same, but then I'm thinking that because Firmino is a like a big presence there, I cannot overlook Firmino. He's, people don't he, hate him he much. Yeah, I know he does not score goals, but he's not there for. But I goals. mean, I mean, the way Klopp plays, he he cannot score goals because he he needs that striker who falls back. But I don't think so. Sterling can do that well playing as like a striker. I, I mean, don't... behind behind you is De Bruyne. Anyone can score. That's true, and I don't think so. Like, if Aguero was fit, I don't. It, it was a no-brainer. But right now, I will go I for Sterling. Yeah, oh. and 
who as a manager pep or klopp klopp all day every day klopp you know i don't rate pep guardiola as a manager yeah yeah the thing is that i i can't look at pep as like that emotional factor yeah i would true like klopp is a better manager right now so i will have klopp. to put klopp in pep has been looking a bit shaky फाइन Yes, we actually um, had someone, uh, more than one people planned. Like, we had a couple of people planned, and then it didn't turn out that way. We so we will probably get someone on the pod next week, or maybe consecutively for two weeks. Yeah, that just depends on how the schedule is of other people, and uh, if anyone is listening, as I always say, tell us how do you feel about our opinions. Comment anything, ask us anything if you want. Follow the page, like the post, and uh, yep, that would be it. Thanks, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. You cannot watch, sorry, but yeah. Okay, bye. Okay.